Ouch, stop biting my kneecaps. Oh, wait, my name is Caleb Walgren, and welcome to Brody Sports Talk, as we are previewing the Detroit Lions. Oh, that was kind of fitting. Uh, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Sean Morgan. Sean, can you say anything without laughing right now? Uh, oh my god if, if you don't get the reference that was dan campbell's opening press conference talking about biting people's kneecaps and it just felt like that's uh, kind of how we feel about the detroit Lions. sometimes you gotta laugh uh and and keep moving so we have a excellent season preview planned for the detroit lions where we're going to go over a couple of our various categories rounded out with our over and under win predictions for the team and just kind of see how we're feeling about, uh, as they like to call themselves, One Pride, the Detroit Lions. Uh, they do love wearing the Honolulu blue, and that's probably one of my favorite things about them. I'm going to go ahead and it's let good, Sean... It's a good color. It is a good color. Uh, it, it is not... Whatever they've worn on Thanksgiving as a throwback has not been a good color. So please <laughs> stop that, Detroit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Sean get us started with... Uh, what is the strength of the team? And hopefully it is not uh, continuing that theme of biting out opponents' kneecaps. Uh, no, no, not quite. So when we were reviewing, and, and you know, like I said, the, for, for these episodes, we, we do go through and we try to pick a bunch of different categories that best fit the team. Uh, Caleb's usually the one who picks these, and he picked strength of the team and assigned it to me. And I'm sitting thinking, I'm like, Caleb, what strength? <laughs> what am I supposed to find here? Um, so I, I didn't really actually have to dig too deep. There were a lot of different potential options because for me, it's more about what is it that Detroit is lacking? Uh, and then what do they actually have a decent, you know, do they have decent like personnel in whether it's, you know, a specific position or a type of role. And what really stood out to me is just how good TJ Hawkinson is and how, much of a fantastic season I think he is going to have this year. So last year, 67 passes, 723 yards, six touchdowns. Generally above average numbers for a you know pass-catching tight end. He's actually a solid above average, well above average run blocker and only allowed three total pressures as a pass blocker last year. But for me, what really stands out here as the strength of the team and specifically, I think, is going to be a focal point is you look at that offense and you ask yourself, how in the ever loving heck are they going to score touchdowns? Their wide receiver core is haphazard at best. They have a couple of OK players, but none of them are proven just yet. They have a lot of uncertainty and inconsistency at the running back position. And they have a new player in Jared Goff who has been maligned, especially the last couple of years, as somebody who is fluky and incredibly inconsistent. So what fixes an inconsistent offense like this? A good, dependable pass-catching tight end who is also not a liability in the blocking game. I think Hawkinson is going to have another Pro Bowl year. 
I think he's going to definitely improve on the numbers he had last season. And I would not be surprised if he ends up leading the team in receiving touchdowns in the 2021-2022 season. So keep an eye out for him uh, 100%. I mean, there's something about those Iowa tight ends. I mean, especially right now, George Kittle was one. Noah Fant out in Denver is one. TJ Hawkinson is another great one. I feel like he hasn't really gotten much of what he is due as far as who he's been as a player because he's been in Detroit. But I do think that he's definitely very skilled. And I think especially if they can get DeAndre Swift moving the ball, maybe get some play action passes off of that, that TJ Hawkinson really will be able to shine because he's dynamic enough to get down the field as well. Like he's not slow. He's not super bulky as a tight end, but like you said, he's able to kind of do everything, catch the pass and block. And I think that's exactly what Dan Campbell should be looking for out of him. Totally agree. So let's go ahead and go over to our fantasy sleeper. As Sean said, most of the Lions roster might be fantasy sleepers because you're probably not thinking of drafting too many of them. Uh, to be honest, when I looked at the sleeper app for fantasy football's average draft position, this player that I'm about to mention is currently coming off the board third among all Detroit Lions. And his brother is actually on the Green Bay Packers. His name is Amon Ra St. Brown. Such a cool name. Yeah, Such his brother's name. name is Equimanius St. Brown. So apparently if your last name is St. Brown, you can be set up really well to have a cool name. Uh, Sean and I did not look out quite as well on that front. Then again, Amon Ra, so he went to USC. He was drafted by them in the fourth round this year. At some point, someone's going to have to get open. You know, Jared Goff is going to have to find people to catch the ball. Kenny Galladay's not there. Marvin Jones isn't there. Pretty much anyone that you may have even thought of that was like, hey, did that guy catch balls for Detroit last year? Yeah, he's probably not there. Uh, unless it's uh, TJ Hawkinson, which we've already talked about. So Hawkinson's going to be coming off the board earlier. Amon Ross St. Brown is literally being the first receiver taken from the Detroit Lions in fantasy drafts. But he's still coming off the board around pick 140. So at some point you got to say, especially if you're in a PPR league like I like to play, you know, he's got to be, Jared Goff's got to throw the ball somewhere. And if you're also like me and you're thinking that the Detroit Lions are going to be losing a lot of games, Jared Goff is going to be throwing the ball a lot. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's a 40 and 50 pass uh, games in his future. So at least get Amon Ra set up like a, a cool nickname for him, like the Sun God or something like that, and uh, make sure that you play him occasionally when you feel like it. Sean, what do you think about uh, him being the fantasy sleeper here? Um, I mean, I get it because I think that, you know, it's really tough. The wide receiver core for the Detroit Lions, like I mentioned, they're not really all that great, but it's very league dependent. And I think that if you're looking for any offensive player that is slipping under the radar, 
then he's a good one. I, I think Jared Goff is probably not, <laughs> you know, a uh, 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 w- w- would be considered a fantasy sleeper. And I think that if you're looking for an offensive standout, you know, Hawkinson's great, but you're probably taking him maybe sixth round, seventh round. And I think that's a reasonable spot for him. And that's not really where you would pick a sleeper. I mean, that's just an average spot for a top five, top six tight end. So uh, I agree. I think that, you know, if you're looking for somebody much further down and you are in one of those deeper leagues, then he is worth a shot. Because he can't really hurt. I mean, fantasy drafts are huge. And eventually they get down to the point where it's like, you know, let me just take a shot in a guy that I have a good feeling about. And then maybe he'll turn out to uh, to surprise you. Uh, so next on the list is the circle your calendar. So for me, I think this is no surprise to anybody considering the storylines that are going to go into it. Um, the very likely national, like nationally televised uh, I guarantee ESPN is going to do a whole bunch of stuff about it. I'm talking about Lions at Rams, October 24th. Uh, very rarely do you get a big marquee, you know, trade like this at the quarterback position amongst two teams. And even rarer do those teams face each other the very next season. So I am excited to see. You know, what, you know, does Jared Goff go in with a big chip on his shoulder thinking that, you know, you guys tossed me aside and went with, you know, a like I'm the younger player. I'm the potentially like hungrier player. You guys, you know, shipped me off to Detroit for, you know, and I don't want to say old and busted. He's definitely busted. Um, You know, a, a Matt Stafford whose body is probably, you know, have barely put together anymore from how many hits he's taken over the years. Uh, You know, how good are the Rams at that point? You know, what is it that, you know, are they just going to think they're going to blow through the Rams or throw through the lions? Probably, but it's just, it's a really cool matchup, a really cool dynamic. And quite honestly, there are no other interesting games for the lions during the entire season. So this was easily, easily the standout. Uh, you, you are right. I was double checking the schedule and I was like, man, uh, not a whole lot to write home about the, the other one that I would probably say to circle, because you know, that the lines will be on your TV is just Thanksgiving. I let's face it. A lot of people say that the Thanksgiving game should get rotated around more. I, I don't personally mind. Uh, I love seeing the lions lose against someone on Thanksgiving day and, uh, the Cowboys too. It's part of what makes for a great Thanksgiving. I know that Sean completely agrees with me on that statement uh, because, of course, Sean's an Eagles fan. And it's, it is tough. I, I really think that, in general, a lot of the casual fans around the NFL would love to see some sort of resurgence from the Lions, kind of like the Browns had last year, you know, see them maybe get double-digit wins, see them win a playoff game. But uh, this isn't that year. So uh, I kind of wish that it was a, that they had been able to host the Rams and Matthew Stafford could have a homecoming game. 
but uh, I guess it's a homecoming game for Jared Goff, which is okay-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and go over, though, to our new player to watch. We've mentioned him a few times, and it is Jared Goff. It's tough because he's kind of going into a completely different system, a completely different situation in Detroit. He has been relatively healthy in most of his years with the Los Angeles Rams, but he hasn't necessarily been a dynamic quarterback for a lot of those years. And that is saying something considering he did lead them to a Super Bowl, although a lot of people give that credit to Sean McVay. So a lot of it's going to be how well does Matthew Stafford connect with his new offensive coordinator? Well, his new offense coordinator is an interesting hire. They brought in Anthony Lynn, the former head coach of the San, well, not the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, he was with the Buffalo Bills and is an offensive coordinator before that. I'm curious because I know Campbell comes from this like Parcellsian type of system. Uh, he has that and Sean Payton in his coaching tree. What does this offense really look like? Does it look like any kind of offense we would have seen out of New Orleans? Does it look like any kind of offense we would have seen from the Chargers? I'm hopeful that they try to at least emphasize the running game, but I know that DeAndre Swift is not necessarily a lock to be like, oh, yeah, that guy's going to be a stud running back that we can just power behind. No, like not. But I also go, we talked about Jared Goff throwing it 40 to 50 times a game. Like, how many pass attempts do you really want Jared Goff to have in a season? Like, I I don't want it to be too terribly many. So it, it's definitely going to be interesting. I definitely think that if Jared Goff can find a way to shine, if they find a way to make Jared Goff look even let's call him like a baby Justin Herbert, since that's who Lynn had last year. If Jared Goff looks like a baby Justin Herbert, things are going to be very happy in Detroit. If not, I think Jared Goff is going to end up being on the outside looking in in that quarterback room sooner rather than later, which may be a slightly spicy take, but I'm also not terribly surprised to see it happen. Uh, One team already moved on from him. Usually when someone's moving on from you, other teams are going to follow. Um, Sean, I know we kind of talked and possibly piled on about Jared Goff a few times here. Uh, anything else you really want to add for him on no, that one? I, I think that you, you know, you talked about a decent, and actually, I mean, the funny thing is um, both of your new player to watch and your fantasy sleeper were also new players to the team. So, you know, in a way, I think that if there's anything I want to highlight, it's that the Detroit Lions actually had a fairly decent draft class. Um, Sewell was a, you know, the the lock as the best, you know, offensive lineman in the draft class. And I think that if the Lions are going to succeed, it is going to be on the back of, you know, offensive play. Their defense is just simply meh. And so especially in a division like this where you have – you know, offensive powerhouses in the Vikings and in the Packers. 
you're, you know, you're going to get into some of these shootouts. You're going to need to protect your quarterback during a shootout. So I think Sewell is also a good new player to watch specifically to see how well, you know, Goff is able to play because he's not that great under pressure. That's the reason he's not playing for the Rams anymore. Man, now that I think about it, the Detroit Lions really have had just a ton of roster turnover from last year to this year. And that's what happens when you have a new GM and a new head coach and a bunch of players that were ticketed old head coach, uh, which is not an understatement at all. You know, I could literally mention like half of their receivers, like Rashad Perriman or Tyrell Williams, like all of the, like so many players are coming in that were not on the roster last year. It's almost more common to say, <laughs> this guy's returning to the Lions. Then <laughs> it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to keep an eye on, though. So let's go ahead and move over to the over/under win totals. DraftKings, our unofficial sponsor, <laughs> uh, please DM us. DraftKings uh, has them at four and a half wins, which is rather low. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give Derek's pick first. Uh, Derek has them going under, which of course means he does not have them making the playoffs. Sean, where where do you kind of feel the Lions land this year? So this is a tough, um, like tough pick because quite honestly, I look at their schedule and I ask myself, where do they win games? Where do they win games? And it's hard for me to see any matchup this year that I'm confident that they would be the betting favorite except for them hosting the Bengals. Aside from that, I don't I don't think they're, you know, I don't see them being a favorite. I can even see a lot of games where, you know, they're greater than a three-point dog. So I'm actually going to go with the under. I think they do end up with four wins. And I think they probably take, you know, one or two unexpected. They probably beat the Bengals at home. And that's really it. I think that they're, the, you know, wins are going to be fewer and farther between. Um, I just, I, this is a new everything. Like you talked about new, new coaching staff, new roster, tons of changes. It's really hard to predict this. So until I get to see some consistency, I don't have the confidence to say they're going to win more than, you know, four and a half games. I don't see five or six or seven. Obviously not a winning season. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make this a trifecta and go three for three on the under, which, of course, means I don't see them making the playoffs either. If they somehow made the playoffs at four and twelve. What the heck, NFC? You did worse than the NFC East last year. Um, I just I just don't see it, Detroit. I, I really want to find a way for you guys to be able to do better. I do think that the Lions are going to snag a divisional win against someone. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's going to be off the Bears. I don't know if it's off the Vikings. They may take two of those. But when your cross-rival is like the AFC North, that's not a good cross-rival. I think all of those teams are better than the Detroit Lions. Um, and then they're like, I just don't see 
great options on there at all for them. So I, I'm definitely going to go ahead and go with the under. And that's it for our talk on the One Pride Detroit Lions. I definitely recommend going ahead and checking out our merch. You're definitely going to want a Brody Sports Talk t-shirt for the upcoming football season. So you can find our merch and all the ways to listen to our podcast in our link tree, which is linktr.ee slash Brody Talk, which is okay. Man, I'm not good at spelling that on pressure. man. I was trying to focus on the vowels. I was trying to focus on the vowels and almost skipped the R. B-R-O-D sports talk. Yeah, we try to keep it simple, but apparently I'm not very good at that. If you want to hear us continue to make mistakes, please subscribe to our podcast because we love having fun with it. Uh, Also, I believe we still are untouched in our Apple reviews. We have only gotten five stars. So while we do appreciate the honest review, go ahead and give us five stars on there if you've enjoyed what you've heard about the Detroit Lions, uh, which... Uh, I do hate to say we try to find more positivity, but I feel like we were really down on them in this episode. So uh, sorry if the Detroit Hawks Lions are giving us I, the, the blues. Yeah. That's true. And I, I like Amon Ross St. Brown, but I don't know that I did any favors talking about Jared Goff. Uh, so before I slander the Detroit Lions anymore, uh, I do want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast. On behalf of Sean, the currently absent Derek and myself, we are signing out. Bye.